0: Hello, assalamualaikum, everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound, and healthy. And so, let's talk about the attacks now. Remember, if you have ever listened to my previous podcasts, and if you've, or if you're actually um, following me on social media, you must have seen that for years I've talked about the predictable pattern, um, the ever predictable, ever old pattern that you find amongst um, our establishment. And Nawaz Sharif and Zardari, basically the uh, minions, the American minions. Whenever the fifth columnists come into power, or whenever they're preparing to come into power, um, you always see this really amazingly conveniently timed terrorist attacks that suddenly take place. And this obviously uh, began in full swing when America forced Pakistan to join in that. Um, alleged war against terror, which was actually not even a war against terror, but it was just, you know, uh, a plundering and a looting uh, that was going on by America when it basically wanted to go and plunder and loot on other countries and the resources. And it needed a justification to do so. So it created the ever notorious 9-11 false flag operation, which the whole world and their wife knows only the idiots, the gaslighted and the brainwashed. Only they consider 9-11 to be like some really, you know, a huge, genuine terrorist attack. Please look at your own history. Um, at least 67% of Americans, as far as if I've got my percentage, percentage right, at least 67% Americans themselves consider the 9-11 attack to be um, a big, fat false flag operation. If you remember, there was a case that was uh, submitted against the then pre- President Bush and, you know, Pentagon was involved. And then the judge himself threatened the senator, who was also a lawyer and who put forward this case, um, charging the president for the 9-11 chaos um, and, you know, at the same time, if you rem- if any of you like me were actually listening to the news live, then you would know what exactly happened. Because when we were listening to, to the news live, they gave a completely different news and they actually identified the drone as American Army drone. They identified the drone as the object responsible for the, uh, you know, the, the demolishing factor of the uh, WTC. Now, the thing about this is what the American government did was it opened its doors to full-fledged I mean, this is, I, again, I guess you cannot say that they are alone were responsible. Because as I said, I've said this a million times before in different other sena- uh, different other platforms and in my podcast, I'm sure as well, that, you know, this is actually a century-old farce that is always played out by government officials, by royalty, by, you know, the uh, members of court, by noblemen, yada. you know, these are those people in power um, who whenever they wanted to, to uh, regain power, you know, whenever they had a power struggle or whenever they just wanted to regain power, um, they always decided that, you know, with chaos comes order. And so they would create chaos and then come in bringing order. You understand? So this is like an age-old farce, okay? Um, And America obviously did it on a, on a larger scale of 9-11 because it wanted to uh open the doors towards looting and plundering other countries without its own public uh going against it uh, if you remember the american government tried that even before with vietnam they tried it with other countries and then with iraq and when their own people suddenly woke up from their uh, everlasting slumber, they would suddenly go against the government. But by then, as you know, the damage is already done. The damage was already done in Vietnam. The damage was already done in Iraq. You know, and they had already looted and plundered whatever it is that they wanted to loot and plunder. So now uh, we see that because they've opened the door to this atrocious, uh, you know, uh, no regard, zero regard, for uh lives of common people um you know because of that now uh, they have forced other governments who they've been manipulating and who they've been using their minions their fifth columnists in different countries they've been forcing them to follow suit right if you remember they kind of did that in germany when germany was still struggling um struggling in the sense that germany was still resisting the american uh, Narrative while America was trying to force Germany and France. Well, France had already sort of succumbed to it. uh, But, you know, uh, Germany was not succumbing to the pro-Israeli narrative. And so, if you remember, there was this really very, very strange uh, sudden terrorist attack in Germany. And obviously, the German authorities did not uh, react in the way Americans were hoping that they would. America tried to make the whole global media you know uh exaggerate the story and create that narrative that you know uh but the germans actually acted a bit wisely they did not create a fuss because they knew exactly what was behind this whole farce they knew who the real terrorists were they knew what was going on so you know they did not make it their mission to you know um create panic and to go for the islamophobic narrative no they did not And they uh, so but at the same time, this was actually a blatant threat by America. And that and that is what the Germans knew it to be. They knew that this was an attack on them by the American authorities, the American establishment, uh, you know, warning Germany that it had to cater to America's needs and interests or else, uh, you know, become the next victim. And as you know, America did it in two to three of these European countries uh, that were resisting the pro-Israeli, the greater Israel uh, narrative. <clears throat> now, um, because of that, as I said, they opened doors to different countries doing that. So we found India doing the Mumbai attack. So India decided that, OK, let's have our own 9-11. And India did the Mumbai attack in which they worked together with Nawaz Sharif, who we know is on the record a traitor. He's on the record an anti-Pakistani, an anti-state element that has been planted by the U.S. and Britain. Remember that. <clears throat> so they every single time, um, you know, uh, America needed its minions to do something, And every single time the minions needed to get something done, they would work with India or they would work with Afghanistan's alleged Taliban. And they're not really Taliban. Remember, these are the mercenaries that are literally um, ex-CIA agents, later turned mercenaries, who then keep on getting, you know, basically are always one way or the other still under the CIA uh, for hire, okay? So every time the CIA needs to conduct an operation where it cannot officially um, send its own, although one would argue, when has CIA ever officially sent anybody? But, I mean, the point is, when they really wanted to go completely dark, they would hire these mercenaries who they trained in the past, um, you know, to work specifically for them or under them, so now these are, you know, independent mercenaries, allegedly, but they again mainly work as contractors um, with the CIA. So again, uh, whenever, uh, you know, Pakistan needed to get something done because you know whenever they would see that the public is not with them or the public is never with them anyway but i mean you know whenever they want to get something done or to cause create a misdirection you know uh they have taken up the american standard of blowing things up of creating a terrorist incident um how cheap how inexpensive have the human lives become uh in their you know in their materialistic needs and wants uh, for power and for money imagine that I mean again as we said I mean this is this these this is centuries old practice and one would think that you know we fought for centuries um, to get democracy and to get you know a more civilized society to end those practices where human lives were not considered you know but we're back to that point we have as i've always said we as a civilization we have never progressed actually we have as a civilization regressed and this is a very good example of us regressing back to the dark ages when uh, human lives were nothing but just you know uh, a means to an end or to gain something to get to achieve something so here we are again, back at that point where the Mumbai attacks were, you know, orchestrated by the Indian government, as we know, and they worked with uh, Nawaz Sharif to create the narrative that, you know, Pakistan was involved, even though actually at that point, for some odd reason, the American intelligence um, kind of did not go with that narrative. They, they kind of, you know, um, sort of exposed the whole thing. You know, which is why they had a fight with India on that point, because India thought that, you know, they would be working with India and, you know, they would both gang up on Pakistan because Pakistan's own traitor, the then prime minister, Nawaz Sharif, had joined hands with them that, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And, you know, it's like how, you know, the Saudi government had joined hands with America and they were like, yeah, yeah, take our name. Don't worry. Don't worry. We can we can handle it. So, you know. Nawashif was like yeah yeah just take Pakistan's name don't worry I'm on the other I'm on the other side I'm with you I'll handle things on that side for you but for some weird reason I think because uh, India sort of you know went a bit uh, ahead uh, which could have damaged American national interests by uh, claiming that the American CIA was also responsible for the in Mumbai attacks I think that is what triggered the whole animosity between them where america decided that okay if you're going to go it if you're going to go that way then let's put it this way you know let's just expose the whole thing um so but india still sticks to the narrative that mumbai attacks were orchestrated by pakistan and it's so fantastic how they just created new stories upon stories when every time a loophole was found it was just it went beyond ridiculous it was as if you were watching one of the indian soap operas unfolding you know with the most ridiculous ridiculous, unrealistic stories unfolding. So now we come to our version of 9-11, which happened, uh, as we know, in May. And, um, you know, in 9th May, they orchestrated their 9-11 farce, where actually they just wanted to get rid of, you know, the, the army personnel who was under attack. And so they orchestrated the whole thing and they decided, let's just kill two birds with one stone. We'll get rid of this man and we'll pin the whole thing on Imran Khan's party. And that will be, you know, a massive, uh, you know, we we could actually go on a massive crackdown against the whole party as well as the public. And we'll strike fear and we will, you know, basically unofficial dictatorship will come into play. Um, the truth is that while they were thinking of striking fear amongst the public, they themselves were sh- so shit scared of the public that they wouldn't dare come out in the open and declare a dictatorship. So they keep on putting these colorful faces in front of us, you know. They keep on bringing these weirdos, um, like this caretaker prime minister that we have, um, who was questioned by the students very boldly. The students of Lums dared to question him first, on his lack of respect for punctuality and his lack of respect for an educational institution where he made the students and the teachers suffer by cancelling their classes and, and waiting for him for 50 minutes, basically almost an hour. And then, you know, his disregard, his blatant disregard for um, public and for students and the fact that, you know, uh, his blatant disregard for the constitution of Pakistan and for the, the law and why he was not conducting the elections, which is what he was brought in to do. Because remember, a caretaker government has only one job and that is come in, prepare for the elections, get out, you know. So they've come in, they never prepared for the elections and they're not getting out. So they're sucking us dry. Basically, the students are trying to remind them that you're our servants and we have the right to ask you these questions. And he, on the other hand, displayed his ignorance, his colossal ignorance by saying, I'm nobody's servant. Well, who the fracks money do you think you're taking, man? Who do you think paid for your expenses when you went on an all family trip to America, France and England? I mean, talk about, you know, there's this old saying in our language that it is always the servant of the house that gets the house robbed. And that is exactly what we're facing right now. Our servants, our state managers, you know, who are supposed to be the gatekeepers of our country. They are the ones who are robbing our country blind. And then they're bringing in more robbers as if they themselves aren't enough. And so, I mean, they, as I said, in their minds, they've practically sold the country out, but things just went awry. But but in their minds, the country's sold. In America's mind also, the country's already been sold to America. So America owns us. But the sea, America cannot own us. That's what America cannot seem to uh, grasp, maybe. Or maybe that is what actually America has very painfully grasped, that despite the millions and billions of dollars that it's spent, it actually still cannot own the country why because the people of the country have not accepted that we are the real owners we didn't sign any contract we didn't put through any sale this was not a house for sale if a third party comes and sells your house without your permission or your knowledge that sale is is utterly uh, you know void you know that contract is void everything is down the drain it's not even accepted it's an illegal transaction you see so America's pretty much effed at this point, And that is why it is constantly pushing and pushing and pushing its dogs and minions here in Pakistan to get things done. So one of the things that they had to do was to pretend to have an election. And as I said, remember, I told you, wait for the day when they announce the elections. That is the day you will know that they think that they have fully prepared for a massive scale gerrymandering and rigging. And that is exactly what they think that they have, uh, you know, finally managed to do. Because as we know, they did not allow the overseas Pakistanis to vote. Um, they, you know, they worked their asses off to block that right of the overseas Pakistanis, knowing that with that in play, they wouldn't be able to rig the elections, you know. So even when Imran Khan became prime minister, remember, he actually did win two-thirds majority, but he was not allowed to because of the gerrymandering and the rigging. So now what they're trying to do is, number one, they're trying to again get rid of Imran Khan one way or the other Um, but they're again too shit scared because they have been ordered to kill him the American establishment has ordered them to kill him but for the first time in their lives they actually do not know how to go about it it was easier you know when they had to kill Bhutto or Lyakat Ali Khan or Fatima Jinnah. it was easier for them then but it's not easy now You know, it was easier when even they had to kill Ziaul Haq because that time they just left it to the CIA, blow up the whole plane, kill everybody in it, you know. But now it's a bit difficult. Why? Because the public's eye is on everybody and the public is already just, you know, as I said, the public is seething. It's just barely containing itself. As we know, the protests are still ongoing. Arrests are still being made. Um, they've shut down all the government schools despite the protests. The fact that you know, you know that your country is being driven underground and your country is being driven to bankruptcy deliberately when an illegal government is set up to shut down all your national organizations starting with health and care you know health and edu- health and care and then education so basically they have attacked the education right now the education system why they wanted to privatize the the, the government schools and remember government schools mean free education right so government education system equals to free education system and when they are when they decide to privatize your government educational system, then it means you will no longer uh, have the right to a free education. So they are actually forcing the public to go towards uh, illiteracy deliberately they're deliberately closing the doors of education which in islam is an obligation so that is the one thing as a religious person when you go towards religion you would question their religion you would know that you do not have muslims here working the state managers are definitely not muslims because they have just tried to break or disregard or you know uh disrespect or break the law, the fundamental law of Islam, which is education, which is an obligation. So an educa- education is actually an obligation of every single Muslim man and woman, that they have to have education, right? Um, and they are trying to deprive our future generations and our current generation from that. And now, number two, the next thing they obviously they're going to try and attack is going to be the health uh, sector, that is, you know, the medical sector. Now... Uh, but forget that for a moment, because now, again, as I said, uh, when they're pushing for elections, that means that they, as as far as they're concerned, they have prepared the ground, okay? And they are going to push Nawaz Sharif in front of us and force him. But now they're, again, they're a bit scared. They're a bit scared because they have never seen the public um, react the way it is reacting now. The way the public is reacting with regards to Imran Khan and with regards to the public's own, um, you know, uh, freedom, you know, preservation of the public's freedom, the way the public is, you know, uh, literally just crouched down, ready to jump um, at the slightest chance. So they are right now a bit scared. They do not know how to just get rid of Imran Khan, how to kill him without cre- causing bloodshed and how to force Nawaz Sharif onto us again without causing bloodsh- bloodshed. So they're still putting the finishing touches. And that is why they put the date up to um, the mid of February. Now the mid of February, uh, 11th of February, I guess, to be exact, if you want to. Um, why? Because now they have more uh, than four or five months, you know, um to finish whatever it is that they need to finish in order to be able to conduct the elections the the farce of an election right so america will then you know obviously uh clap you know and say yay see pakistan's done the elections look democracy is restored and all that bloody blah and you know so they will pretend as if everything is hunky dory but the army right now and the establishment they are aware of the fact that nothing will be hunky dory if that happens even so as i said every single time um you know the the uh, fifth columnists um get ready for an election notice notice this pattern in the past few years you will see it every single time um what do they do they start creating terrorist incidents and always in balochistan and always in the um, you know in kpk and just, you know, just, just sometimes, sometimes out of the blue, just to mark the seriousness of it in the southern of Punjab and maybe one or, one or two places in uh, Sindh or, you know, so, but very rare. They very rarely touch Punjab and Sindh. Why? Because at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, Nawar Sharif wouldn't want his ground to be compromised, and neither would Zardari. So Zirdari's ground, home ground is Sindh, and Nawaz Sharif's home ground is Punjab. But they both know that these are actually not even their home grounds. But okay, yeah, let's just, you know, in the, according to their illusion and their delusions, these are their home grounds. So they do not allow the so-called terrorists to attack their home grounds. So it's always, you know, near the bordering areas, it's always KPK and Balochistan. And whenever it is KPK and Balochistan, then you know who they're working with. So if it's Balochistan, then you know it's India. Okay. And so, again, this is why I would say that, you know, um, there's an old saying also about India and Pakistan is that they need each other to accomplish their tasks so all the, this this so called fight between the two countries is a farce on its own okay because at the end of the day they just fight to maintain their political interests within their own countries right but then in pakistan obviously they know that pakistanis are not at all interested in india so actually they cannot use that for their political um, you know, for their elections or political power display or whatever, you know, to gain favoritism amongst the public or to gain favor amongst the public. So, I mean, that's why the Pakistani government, you will see whenever elections are due, um, the political parties do not talk about India. They do not talk about uh, anything as such except the domestic affairs. But in India, you know, Pakistan is their key, is their key for their power play. Um, so, you know, they they need to bounce around Pakistan because, as I said, for, for a huge country, they actually suffer large uh, insecurities. So it's like a fat man with a short dick, you know, it's sorry. But I mean, that's the best analogy I can put in, you know. So here we have it that every single time there is this very conveniently timed uh, attack, you know, that also gets very conveniently uh, foiled, you know, um, that, that, is, that you can see is always a false flag operation, even though it is actually sometimes or most of the time legitimately, uh, legitimately conducted by the enemy. But again, who lets the enemy in, you know, who has this backdoor agreement with the enemy, that okay, at this day, on this time, send your people in. You know, let's get ready to do, to, you know, to shoot a drama. So here you are, you're shooting a thriller here where you've got Balochistan attack, and then you've got, and then as if that wasn't enough, now you see, because remember, the army, as I said, is the army and the establishment, because they are right now um, at the focal point of the public's hatred. And a very open hatred, which has never, ever been displayed in history, Um, you know, the way it is being displayed now, the way the public's uh, opinion of Pakistani army and establishment as traitors, you know, the way that opinion has formed and the way that opinion has, you know, has taken root, you know, and it's here to stay now. So they're, they have thought of all the different ways they could, you know. And have you noticed how right from 9th May onwards, they keep attacking their own people? Notice that. They think that if they attack their own people, if they attack the army, then the people's sympathies will once again go, you know, towards them or it will be with them. But see, that's where they're wrong this time. The 9th May farce should have taught them that, because if anything, it actually riled the people. It made the people go even more against the army and the establishment. You know, it, it, it backfired in a very, very violent and aggressive way, as we know. So, you know, to actually try to trigger the same Uh, reaction Uh, this is very irresponsible of the Pakistani army and the establishment to be honest to once again work with enemies or alleged enemies to create uh, a scenario where once again they are harming their own so the the army is majorly responsible I would say for what went down in Balochistan and what went down the very next day uh today in Miyawali PAF. Because again, notice the look at it, in very conveniently timed, um in Miyawali PAF Airbase there was an attempt by nine terrorists, and all nine got rounded up. All nine were probably killed as far as the news is going. And there was no real damage. Um the only damage that could be seen, according to some journalists um, is that there were t- three to four grounded planes and I think two to three of them did get uh, some damage uh, done to them and because they saw some fire or so, maybe maybe one of the planes, you know, was set on fire. Who knows? But the point is, this is not even a real damage, you know, if you look at it in the, uh, the, the large scale, you know, the, the bigger view, the bigger picture. So, yeah no and ve- and and notice that almost always um, these incidents do not end up with great damage. They're always very, very properly foiled, very meticulously foiled, and you know everything becomes all hunky dory it's like you know the display of the park army's power and its meticulousness and it's you know it's uh whatever it is that they're trying, you know, it's basically bragging about how good they are, what they do. But you know, again, if you're so good at what you do, um, then why are these things even happening in the first place? It means you're behind them. As I've said before, that let's see, as soon as the elections will get announced, you will see more terrorist activities. And here we are. Hey, presto. You know, here we are. We've got three incidents um, you know, one after the other, out of which the two major incidents were, you know, related to the army. Um, you had Balochistan incident, and then you had the Miawali incident. And yes, in Balochistan, actually, there was some damage done. And that would tell you, the fact that damage was done, that would tell you that they worked with raw agents. Because when raw agents come into play, then they have their own pride Their own ego. So even though they're working with you, but the point is that they also have to, you know, prove something back home. So damage will be done, right? So damages were incurred in Balochistan. But in miawali because this was actually not done by raw agents or maybe they were done by uh, you know more controlled agents i don't know but i don't see i don't see the raw factor here i see the raw factor in balochistan but in miawali i see the local factor okay so i see local um, you know for hire mercenaries uh, and i uh, you know so i think that that was all just a farce again as, well, as are most of the terrorist attacks. Remember that. I'm not just talking about Pakistan. Look closely at your governments. Look very closely at the timings of the incidents that take place. Look very closely at the narrative. And you will know exactly who's behind it. You will know who's masterminding it. And I'm sorry to say, but 8 to 9 times out of 10, it is your own government. Or it is a faction of your own government. It doesn't matter if it is your own government or a faction from within your government or if it is, you know, a faction from within your army or your law enforcement agency or, or your intelligence agencies or your establishment, because at the end of the day, they're all part of the government, right? So understand that. Be it America, be it Europe, um, be it any other country, uh, if if there are these very sudden, very conveniently timed terrorist incidents, understand that these are false flag operations at play. Nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten. Why? Because nowadays, actually, it is even more difficult for a genuine terrorist to infiltrate the places that they seem to infiltrate. Okay, security is always very, very tight now in almost all countries. Security is extremely tight, uh, and you know, there's technology at play. So yeah, you, you can't get away with it with such activities as an amateur uh, terrorist, you know, or as, as as a general terrorist really. You have to either be in cahoots. With the people you're supposedly attacking, right? Or you have to have a mole within in order to be able to get through. In either case, one way or the other, there is somebody from within that's working with you. Right? And you have to be from an an intelligence agency in order to, again, be able to even try to attempt such a feat okay so yeah plus again let me tell you one thing intelligence agencies they don't go around planting bombs or throwing bombs or dropping bombs here and there nor do they go around creating scenarios where you have a, like a guerrilla warfare going on no 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 see the whole point of having intelligence agencies is where they can fight the fourth generation war without actual casualties without you know, uh, face-to-face combat, hand-to-hand combat, you know, uh, fatalities, okay? They can produce fatalities through other means while staying far away, as we have seen, and while remaining anonymous, again, as we have seen. So, yeah, no, I'm sorry, but every single time I predict that, you know, uh, there is going to be another incident, even if it takes them months to actually um, have that prediction come true. But it always does come true. And every single time Nawaz Sharif uh, wants to come into government or Nawaz Sharif wants to retain his position in the government, notice, notice how we suddenly get terrorist incidents. Very, very, very conveniently timed, and always, almost always foiled, and always, you know, just, just, just to make, keep, it, just to give it that reality, uh, you know, that 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 reality, a sense. You will find a few bodies here and there, some damage done, some carnage, some collateral damage, right? So human lives do not matter. To the army, to the establishment, to the law enforcement agencies, to the government. All the people who are actually supposed to be safeguarding your life, you know, all the people who are basically being paid by you to keep you alive and to hold your life sacred, they are the ones who are actually killing you. And this is a fact. So, I mean, I don't care what sob stories journalists are now going to... And they do. I mean, because, again, they have to run with that narrative. They cannot... This is a very dangerous ground where they cannot just openly say, oh, hey, you know what? Okay, once again, the army's behind a false flag operation. I mean, they've already tried to talk about the, the May farce, the 9th May farce, about how that was a huge false flag operation, huge in the sense as in hugely obvious... You know, false flag operation. And so, you know, and then these, when you have these foiled attacks, these foiled attempted attacks on your army bases, then you know what's coming ahead. You know who's behind it. You know that it's your own army behind it. And you know that they're conducting another stupid ass false flag operation. Why? Because they need to secure their position, they need to secure their power. But see, they've already lost the public. No amount of killing uh, themselves or, you know, killing their own, no amount of carnage, no amount of collateral damage, no amount of terrorist activity is going to make the public get back on the same page with them. No, the public has now forever severed all sympathies, all relationships, all connections with the institution And now actually I think it is a a status of shame to say that you're with the army and it is a status of shame to say that you're in the government and it is a status of shame when you say you're with the law enforcement where the public is concerned. So this is all I have to say for now. Uh, because again, I would, I mean, what else can I say? This is something that I've been saying for a pretty long time and for years, um, you know, that expect another terrorist incident and hey, presto, we just had two, one after the other and very, very conveniently timed again, you know, so let's see what more they're going to do because these, these are also, remember these, sorry, these are markers of what the government is actually doing or planning to do, you know. So as I said, they are trying to get rid of Imran Khan and they're trying to force Nawaz Sharif and they've formed the government at our faces. And at one point, they're, they're trying to create the scenario in such a way where at one point, even if they have to come forward themselves and remove all these other faces and declare dictatorship openly, then they should be, you know, able to do that when the point comes or when the time comes. So they are setting things up for that. Keep that in mind. Well, this is me signing out. Khud hafiz.